So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Track the Girls Talk podcast, which is proudly sponsored by John Fallis Solicitors. Big up, Mark Kennedy and the team for sponsoring the podcast. Um, I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host and town skipper, Blue Wilson. And we're joined by a doctor, Dr. Jack Mitchell, um, as we discuss all things Issues Town Women. Um, another win, six straight wins, job done, back top of the league. Um, Oxford, Watford game got called off, but we're back, top of the league. Um, Blue, always a pleasure. How's things? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, all good here, Ross. Um, I was just saying to Jack before this pod how quickly this week has gone. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and it's just oh, I need I need another day back. Um, but all is good. Um, I have had a little niggle in my knee for the past couple of weeks, hence why I haven't been in squads or anything. Um, which is nothing to worry about. It's actually the other knee. It's not the the knee that which has been injured. But nothing to be worried about at all. It's just a bit of inflammation. So we're letting that settle, and it's feeling good actually. So um, hopefully, sort of getting back into training soon um but other than that yeah all is good good mother's day on sunday you know how it is chocolate sorted card sorted happy mum that's that's the goal in life um sally i didn't see my mum on mother's day but i've seen her since so i have been a good son but um jack you were there on on sunday like a lot of people of course joe the gaffer he's lucky his mum and dad go to every game they travel around the country a big shout out um, to Joe's um, parents, they're, they're great supporters. But yeah, Jack, welcome back to the show. Now, Dr. Jack Mitchell, it's been a year since you came on. Um, yeah, how's things? And let the listeners know your role, just in case they, they forgot. Hi, Ross. Thanks for having me back. And um, yeah, I've kind of levelled up, I guess, since I've last been on the podcast. But um, yeah, it's great to be back. I'm doing well. Um, and yeah, I, so I cover like the sports psychology or performance psychology um, aspect of the of the senior team and the academy team at the, the club and um, have been doing that for a few few years now and very much supporting kind of the mental skills and kind of the psychosocial aspect of the of the team and the environment that we're, that we're working with and really just trying to do all we can to support the girls and the team to develop and to get to where we want to go. Definitely, and um, I hope you don't mind me saying. Also, ball boy as well. All the ball. They go over the. If they go, I know across the pitch somewhere or over the fence. Jack is the man to get them. So, uh, yeah, that's the role you have to do. Sometimes you've got to have multiple roles. Um, But Jack, you also mentioned you you do, of course, part time in Cardiff as well. So you have you do travel a lot with the the team, but you do other stuff on the side as well. Yes, it's been a busy week so far this week. I've been in Cardiff, so I got back late last night. So I said. Um, yeah, for two days and working kind of in research in performance and looking at markers for confidence really and how um, yeah, how that shows up in the brain and if we can tap into that in some way to try and basically have an idea of how we can help teams feel more confident going into games. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a new project that Cardiff are looking into and hopefully we find some interesting stuff that can be really helpful for the stuff we do at Ipswich, but also for the wider kind of sport community. Definitely. And Blue, I'm sure it's been health, helpful having Jack. I know Peskett's the same and all the other players who get injured, um, having Jack and someone there just to talk to, because you know, with your injury, I'm sure it's been great to have an, another staff member like Jack on, on the team. Yeah, definitely. And I'm probably not one that is, um, I don't want to say not open, but um I'll occasionally have a chat with Jack or if there's I, I normally let it build up and build up and then I speak to Jack every once now and again um but sort of towards the end phases um and then initially when I got injured uh, Jack's been really helpful um but I think it's important to have although Jack is part of the coaching staff um but he's not he's not the manager or Joe so it's, it's nice to have that sort of separation um, and I think it, I think a lot of the girls find it useful, um, especially with his expertise and um, other things that he's doing. And obviously now a doctor. So I don't know why, Jack, you haven't put Dr. Jack Mitchell on the screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, do you yeah. know what, Blue? I think I can change that myself. So uh, I'm just going uh, to... Sorry, sorry, Jack, but it's got to be done. Um, do I do DR? It's got to be DR. Yeah, yeah DR, yeah. Is it, is it capital R or is it just... 
No, small R. Small R. There we there go. We go. <laughs> there, there we go. There we go, Jackie boy. Um, you got you got to be humble, but you got to you got to be also you know you got to put it out there, Jack. You, you you've done a lot of a lot of work to yes. get there. Needs so, to be celebrated. Yes, it does. Um, I think. Yeah, I think another another probably since the last pod or maybe even before the comparison between um, you like being a feeder within sessions, Jack feeding the balls in and passing the balls around from last year to this year, huge development in passing technique I've seen. <laughs> I don't know whether you feel it too. <laughs> I don't know whether it's positive self-talk or visualization that you're doing, but it's working. Yeah, I mean. I think it's just practice. I'm <laughs> going to be honest, I'm not using any sight skills. Um, using both feet a bit more as well, which has, has been good. good. So I've got the left left foot going again, which was really rusty. Um, so yeah, kind of pleased to, to fill in where I can. And obviously um, Nicola does a lot of that. Um, so I'm sure her game's really kicked on as well <laughs> over the last year. Do you know what? I think she's a dark horse player, though, Nicola. I think she's a decent player. I know she played back in the day when she played, but um, she's not a bad little player. And um, Jack, I want to quickly mention, you know, maybe support for Joe as a manager as well. I'm sure it's good to have another sort of head there just to ask for advice and stuff like that. I know he's the, he's the main man. I'm sure he'll be listening to this, but I'm sure it's just great to have someone else he can bounce advice about. Definitely. I think we all kind of come together as a team and discuss views, like as a staff team, I guess, and as a collective with the, the squad on kind of how we're seeing things um and yeah i guess it's just like a different lens so i might try and look at different things that's happening on the pitch or in training and look at communication and body language those sort of things that that may be useful for joe to get more of a sort of full picture of what's going on or maybe able to explain um why certain things happened in a certain way and just the same with like nicola or um, Sophie or Mia or Paul with their views on things as well um, and it just gives yeah it kind of a more holistic view of what's happening and hopefully then we can make better changes or adaptations to help us to improve and develop yeah yeah and of course this season we've had some more setbacks in terms of you know first time I've seen back-to-back defeats you know unfortunately you know, Portsmouth have been there that a bogey side we couldn't beat you know what's that been like um, as a staff member, sadly seeing us see more defeats than we normally would have got. I think it was, it's been really strange, I think, like comparing to last season and this year. Like our pre season this year was really good, and because um, obviously we had COVID and things that kind of interrupted and stuff previous seasons. So it's probably our first season where we've had a really good, solid pre season. Um, we've had some really good games as well and I felt we played really well in them um, especially at like Wolves um, away and I was thinking God we're going to like hit the ground running we're, we're doing really well and then yeah the, the first two games were a real shock I think for us all and we were asking a lot of questions of like what, what's going on what are we doing wrong what, you know why is this so different um, but yeah I think the, the group came together really well and um, obviously that win at Villariki was really, really important for us. And I think it, um, yeah, put to bed a lot of concerns that we perhaps had at the, the initial um, start of the season. And I think since then, we've we've really sort of developed as a team and sort of the processes that we're working on, not just in game, but like in training week to week have really come through. And um, with the kind of the, the depth of the squad that we've got now, I think we're, we're in a really, really good position to... to um, push on and um, yeah, be in a good position to to win the title this year. Indeed, and blue, what a run we're on at the moment! Six straight wins, scoring goals, clean sheet record is gone, but that doesn't matter. Um, what's your? Let's go into the game then. Um, Crawley Wasps, uh, of course, they're fighting for their lives to stay up. Um, but yeah, your thoughts, your overall thoughts on on, on the win before we get to the the main talking points. Yeah, good win. Uh, a win's a win at this point in the season. Um, I think we probably would have liked a few more goals, um, looking at goal difference and uh, the teams around us. But all in all, it's three points, and that's the most important thing. Um, I sadly wasn't at the game, so following on Twitter, as per usual, um, I was always. Uh, I was also going to follow the um, Oxford-Watford game, but then that got postponed. So full focus on the Ipswich game, and obviously we scored early. So I was like, oh, 
this is a this is a really good start. This could um, propel us uh, to get a few more goals. Um, but t- turns out we we ended up getting four and conceding one. Um, but at this point in the season, we have to we have to be happy with uh, three points. And although the clean sheet record is gone, I know Boz in particular. I spoke to yesterday, and she wasn't happy about that. She was quite upset about that. But um, <laughs> six on the trot now, is it? So it's pretty good. And um, although both you and Jack mentioned um, about sort of two back-to-back losses at the start of the season, I think almost having a winning run provides sort of an equal and opposite challenge in terms of, okay, well, how do we stay focused? We can't get complacent, especially when we're going into four important games. Um, so it's a, it's a different challenge. And I can imagine Jack is now working with Joe to, to work on ways where we have to keep the, keep the team motivated and make sure that we're not just going into games thinking we're going to win it, um, if that makes sense. But yeah, all in all, I'm happy. Good win away. Crawley struggling. Um, but yeah, put them to bed, which is good. Definitely. Um, Jack, let's um, sort of have a peek behind the curtain moment here. Um, I don't know if, Blue, you have been told this from the team, from the staff. Um, we had to part the coach on a random street and we had to walk to the ground. Um, it was a very interesting scene. You have a full Itchy Town squad. I was like behind everyone. I was just watching as like, yeah, we had to walk through like a council estate and you had to get to the ground because we couldn't park the coach. The coach was too big for this little road. Um, we, we had to move the stadium. It wasn't camping Community World Stadium blue in the end. Um, we got that wrong on the pod. So sorry if anybody went there instead of Hanbury Park. Um, but yeah, Jack, it was a very interesting um, thing we had to do. We had to, you know, we had to park the coach on this road and then we had to, yeah, walk to the ground. It wasn't a long walk, so we're not, we're not complaining too much about that, but it was very interesting. Yeah, I think. It was really difficult to get to the, the stadium for the Mick, the driver, and uh, I think some parked cars on the road prevented him from being able to get direct access. But yeah, um, certainly an interesting kind of first impression. And uh, unfortunately, I was carrying the, the VO stand, which is really awkward to carry. And after about a minute, your hands sort of get really painful. And yeah, so I was a bit, oh no, just get there now, come on. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those things. I think with with some of the grounds that we play at, that access can be really difficult. And they don't always consider kind of how coaches can arrive, and we don't get that information beforehand. So, um, or don't always get that information. So yeah, it can be. It, it was a strange one to kind of encounter that, and um, felt like we we sort of obviously dealt with that okay, and um, but then sort of gained focus when we arrived. Indeed. And um, an early goal, Jack. Anna with her 11th for the season, um, capitalising on a mistake. Um, and just good to see us score an early goal. And when Anna sort of was through, I went, yeah, easy goal, 1-0, happy days. Yeah, I think um, we were getting some really good opportunities in behind early on, even probably before Anna scored. And we looked like we, we could have had a couple of really good chances um, and the threat was definitely from that position. Crawley were playing quite a high line, and um, yeah, it was a really good finish in the end. It sort of fell to her through, um, sort of through the defenders after I think Megan played a long ball, and um, yeah, it was a really good good start. And you sort of starting to think, okay, here we go. We could get a few um, here if we keep this up. Um, but yeah, like. It, it was really good to, to have that, and um, and then I think not not long after Freya then um, doubled doubled the lead for us, and we then looked in a really commanding position. Um, and yeah, I felt like we dominated the, the kind of early stages and were able to sort of get the ball into really good areas of the pitch and um, build well from the back, and had lo- lots of different variety in the way that we played and. Um, yeah, I felt that we were kind of comfortable in a way. Definitely. And Blue, another goal for Freya, as Jack said. Uh, a seventh for the season, five and four. Long legs, Freya, uh, quoted from yourself. Um, another goal for, for her playing up front again. Yeah, she's in great form. Um, so it's, it's good to see. Um, I know it's a, it's a normal change from Tash normally being our number nine, but... I think they both provide something different. It's good to have that that choice between the two. 
Um, but yeah, she's she's in great form and uh, working quite well. Um, so yeah, good to see long legs. Who'd have thought? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, and Jack, um, I think Joe said in his interview with Kieran that um, there was good conversation at half time in the dressing room. Any insight on that? You know, don't have to go too in depth. Don't want to give our secrets away to the opposition just in case you are listening. But any insight on just players maybe just going, we need to do better, even though we were tuning up? Yeah, pretty much that. I think um, they did really well to problem solve and really captured what some of the, the kind of issues were from the first half as a group. And it, it sounded like many of them were providing their feedback and even asking like players that were on the bench what for the game what what they saw and what was going on what they could do to potentially change change that and to to um yeah address it so um i think when joe joan and sort of the rest of the staff came in um we didn't really have much much further to add they kind of captured everything we wanted and um spoke really well and it was really nice to see that it was a player-led um, kind of discussion at halftime and they went out in the second half knowing what to do and um, yeah. It's kind Jack, of you're really. yeah. Yeah, you've probably seen a lot of um, sort of growth in the team as, you know, even as just people because they've, you know, grown up another year since last year, the setbacks of last year, unfortunately. So you must see, you know, maybe more leadership in the squad now because people are happy to jump on and go, yeah, we need to do better here. Definitely. Um I think as you grow into the game, you kind of feel more confident to have those discussions and especially playing in the sort of areas of the pitch or different positions that you you know you're not necessarily familiar with initially. And we've had a few players move into different areas. It's then harder to get an understanding of the game and how it's going from a different position. So I think um for like for instance, Maria Boswell did really well um at half time in sharing her thoughts, but then also she's sort of grown into that position as a centre-back and kind of sees sees the game perhaps a little bit differently now. And um, there's, yeah, many, many, many other examples from many other players that have done similar things and feel a lot more open to share kind of their views on um, what they're seeing from, from the performance. Yeah, and I will admit the first half wasn't a classic blue, um, but we got two goals. Um, but then I felt second half was much better. Um, digging in to get more goals. Brazero had a offside goal. Um, and I was like, oh, that, that was a great finish from her. Um, and then from that moment, we then conceded a penalty. Our first goal we conceded in six games. Questionable penalty. Um, Quantrill had no chance. Good pen from the Crawley player, to be fair. And I thought they worked hard. Um, but what was your feeling like when you saw that first goal conceded after the amount of time? I don't know how many hours, what the complete stat is. Six games it was. But yeah, I won't, I won't find the stat for the, how many hours it was for the last time we conceded. But but yeah, thoughts on when we, we conceded our first goal in ages? Um, this is, oh, sorry, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Jack. Go on, Jack. You're in full time there. Over. <laughs> I'd got to say it's disappointing, but I think you know, um, in the manner that we conceded a you know a penalty, and it was, um, yeah, it wasn't like a huge lapse of concentration or a defensive error. I think it's kind of more understandable, and so, sometimes it's going to happen when the ball gets into the box and um, a cross comes in that um, the ref sees it a certain way, and um, yeah, it, it was disappointing, obviously, to to lose the the kind of clean sheet run, but. Um, there could have been many worse ways that we could have lost that um, that run of clean sheets. So and I, I, I'd back Sarah as well for the penalty. I yeah. thought she's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd hope it was just like a screamer out of nowhere to, to ruin that clean sheet record. But Blue, mm -hmm. it was a penalty, unfortunately. I think Megan Waring, of course, it just hit her hand, just, just had her hands by her side. And you just, it's just one of those things in the box, anything can happen. I asked her about it last night, actually. I asked a few of the other girls and they were like, yeah, it was a pen. <laughs> so even Megan admitted it was a pen. Um, she said she couldn't do much about it. It was a it was sort of a natural. Her arm was in a natural position because she'd gone to change direction, and the ball's just hit. So it's one of those where the rules in football maybe aren't quite not fair, but it's just one of those which happens. So um, when I initially saw they had won the pen, similar to you, Jack, I thought, yeah, that's all right. Sarah will save it. <laughs> the confidence was there but um I think probably the chances the realistic um chances of her saving that are, are low um 
So, yeah, it's one of those, um, at least it isn't from open play, where we've been pulled apart by um, Crawley, who are a struggling team. That's when you'd be a bit more concerned. It's more just uh, one of those which you can't... I mean, Megan, is, you see players with their arms behind their backs, but it's so difficult to play like that in the box. Um, but I thought, I thought actually, after that goal went in, I was like, oh, I wonder if this Spurs is on now. Um, because actually sometimes when you get that shock on the pitch where the opponent scores and you've been in control, it hasn't been a great game, but you've been in control, and actually they score one and say, yeah, you know what, we're still here, um, it then can have an impact on on us and how we then apply ourselves in the game. Um, obviously added another one after that. Um, but yeah, sad to lose our defensive clean sheet record. But it was going to happen at some point. Um, so at least that pressure is off. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as you mentioned, we got that that third goal. Uh, Bonnie, dead ball specialist. Um, once again, Jack, I'm sure we, you were confident when we had, she was in that position. She's going to score. That's her third free, go- uh, free kick goal this season. Um, and yeah, just a nice, nice little, nice little free kick that was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think like as Blue was saying after that goal, we responded really well. Um, and I think Peskit went through for a really good opportunity, one v one in the end with the keeper, and then um, we sustained a lot of pressure in the, that part of the pitch and gained a couple of free kicks, and then it started to kind of inch closer and closer to the goal. And there was, um, yeah, it was in the Bonnie territory, I guess. And um, I think we've seen her do similar at Plymouth, and there was another home game where she did similar. And you just think, okay, like. We know exactly what what she's going to do here, and um, she did exactly that. And yeah, just really pleased to see kind of see her continue that and under pressure and able to sustain it. Yeah, in blue, she only scored one goal last year. Sorry, Bonnie, if you're listening, um, that was on her debut. But this year, she's she's made sure she's scored more. I think that's what our, our goal was this year to score more goals, and she's doing just that. Yeah, definitely, she scored a lot this year. Thing is, when you have Bonnie in that situation, she's got such a cool head, and she doesn't really—I don't think she really overthinks things. So, mm. I almost see if I imagine her head in that scenario, it's quite a simple process. Like, yeah, well, I'll just put it in the back of the net. Um, so it's good to have people like that in the situation, standing over a free kick or standing over a pen because you trust them. You trust them to put it in the back of the net. Um, so yeah, I hope it continues for the last sort of four, five games of the season. Definitely. And um, Jack, before we get on to EK coming off the bench to make it four, I want to mention Megan um, wearing, as we did earlier, because um, she's been, once again, so close from scoring from set pieces. But what I love about her as a player, when, uh, you know, sadly the fr- your corner kick or whatever hasn't worked out, she's straight away bolting right at the back. And I just I just love seeing that every time. She has no mistakes. She just goes, boom. I was like, oh, she's back already. That's just great to see. Yeah, she's very much like focused on the next task. I think we were all praying for her to hit an overhead kick or a bullet header at some point um, off a corner of set piece or something. But um, yeah, I think there was a stage as well where she was sprinting back um, against Crawley and it kind of was in the right place at the right time and was able to regain the ball for us kind of in a, still in, in their half and was able to then recycle it and have another chance. So I think She's yeah, really, really good at kind of um, switching on to like what's next and um, identifying that <laughs> perhaps we're a bit exposed at the back from set pieces and um, recovers really well. Yeah, and, I, um... I saw a clip actually, Ross. Before you go on, I saw a clip of um, the game yesterday where I think a free kick must have happened, and she was and we played it short, and she was up because of the free kick. Anyway, she gets hold of the ball, plays a one-two sort of just outside the box and then has an opportunity to finish. Um, goalkeeper saves it. Anyway, she's then on the floor and you watch her and she punches the ground. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, so we're all laughing at her. She's like, I just, it's just, I need my first goal. Um, and we're like, yeah, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come. Um, but yeah, she's a, she works hard and that's the main thing and I'm sure it will come. Um, and then after that, I'm sure there'll be loads more. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see a Megan, Megan wearing goal, whether it's an overhead kick, bullet header, or smashing it into the net. Any of them, I'll take um, before the end of the season. 
yeah, bring it on. No pressure, Megan. No, no pressure. No, no pressure, pressure at all. No yeah. pressure at all. But uh, it'll, it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Um, and a uh, Jack Ek off the bench to make it four. Um, a good assist from Pesca and a great finish from Ek. And you know, we had, we did actually a very rare thing at half time. We made a substitution, which I was surprised to see. What what was the um, talk on that one? I think it was Pesca came on for Jack. Near. Yeah, yes, that is the one. Um, but yeah, Pesic comes on, and yeah, UK later on came on, of course. But yeah, that was an interesting change. Yeah, I think we we're just looking for a bit more pace, perhaps, for that, the sound down that side of the pitch. And obviously, Pesic's one of the quickest players that we have, and she was able to provide that. And um, having that more energy and um, in those areas um, up the pitch was, was going to be useful for us. And I think um, she obviously managed to sustain that right up to the end to whenever EK scored kind of 90 plus four or whatever. Um, and yeah, um, so I think that was kind of probably the main main thinking of that. And obviously, um, yeah, it, it turned out a worthwhile kind of change and, and she's able to get an assist. Definitely. And Blue, what I loved about when we scored that fourth goal, you know, 94th minute it was, we were straight away back. We aren't like, you know, going too crazy with celebrations. EK was passionate with her celebration, of course, but we were straight away back looking to score more, which I'm sure as a captain, I'm sure you you love to, to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Um, even if it's like last stages, uh, it shows our intent to want to get more goals and how focused we are. Um in the current sort of state of the team. Uh, but I do love when EK scores because the celebrations are so passionate. It brings me back to when we played a while ago, when we played Norwich away um, and won 10-0 and EK got a hat-trick. I still remember young EK, who was a lot smaller than she is now. <laughs> but I remember young EK getting very, very excited. Um, but she still has that passion. Um, so I enjoyed watching that celebration back and then obviously the team running back to see if we can get more. Um, so I think that shows sort of the intensity and where everyone's heads are at collectively um, in order to achieve this big goal that we have at the end of the season. Yeah, that that that, that Norwich game, probably one of my favourite ever pitches was EK putting the three up yeah. of the hat-trick. That's one of my favourite pitches because I... I was just, it was just lucky I was in the right position at the right time. Normally, I'm in the wrong position like many, many times this season. I've been the other end of the goal or whatever, and they're celebrating the other way. But that moment, I was just so lucky to be there and to capture that moment. But um, yeah, she's still the same EK, as you said, just a bit bigger now, a bit stronger, which is yes. good, and more goals. Um, but Jack, just to sort of round off the win, you know, job done, uh, back top because of the Oxford-Watford game getting postponed. Um, and just, yeah, Hanbury Park, a very interesting setup. I thought it weren't too bad. Some people thought it weren't great, but I thought it was not, not a bad little setup. I think they've done some work. Away day food. I just had a Kit Kat and um, a cri- some crisps. But you had some of the food, Jack. What what would you rate it? I, I decided not to have any because I just looked at it and went, that's probably going to be no flavour to it. But I'll let you sort of do your review. <laughs> no offence um, to me, Hanbury Park chefs. We've had, we've had kind of worse setups to- that we've gone and travelled to, I think. And I, th- I remember we played them last year um, after the abandoned game and they had a really nice um, like 3G pitch that we played on. It's quite a modern facility. And I think in my head, I thought we were going back there. So kind of planned kind of for that. And it was quite just different. And obviously getting access to the stadium was difficult um, on Sunday. But um, yeah, the feed was, was not great i mean I, I i never really complain you know it's free food and um it looked okay like a spaghetti bolognese type thing with some bread but i think i think they'd i think tash mentioned that they'd like burnt the pan or something and it was then mixed into the kind of dish so yeah i just it, yeah it had like when you grill like a burger on a barbecue it had that kind of barbecue kind of burnt kind of flavor to it which was interesting i guess <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think many of many of the girls would enjoyed it too much. But um, yeah, um, we stopped off at the services, and I think they, they they managed to find something a bit more substantial that um, suited their appetite. Uh, yeah, as you say, Jack, it's free feud, so you just give it a try, and if it tastes bad, then you just yeah don't eat any more of it. But um, but yeah, I decided to the route 
Blue Oil just went, nah, I'll wait until we go to services. There was a Morrison's where we were parked, like a little Morrison's. So I went in there quickly and got a, a little muffin. Um, so I had that just to fill my time until we get, went to the services. But um, but yeah, the Kit Kat and Chris was fine at the at the um, clubhouse. So yeah, Hadbury Park, thanks for your hospitality and all that jazz. Um, but yes, um, Blue, any other business from the game for yourself? Um, yeah, just another another win. I don't think so. Just another three points. On to the next. Definitely. Okay, then. Well, it's your time to shine then, Jack. A spotlight now being put on you. Ten questions with um, Blue. I'll let you take it away with the first question. Always starting with a difficult question, Jack. Um, so who is your biggest influence? So I've got kind of, I guess, a few, but um, my parents would be probably the main one. Personally, I think. My mum's just been like a huge, well, they both, both my mum and dad have been huge inspiration, but um, my mum's uh, from a, like a teaching background. Um, so, yeah, primary school age. Um, so, I think growing up, myself and my sister kind of always developed this kind of desire for learning and developing and curiosity around just learning new things. And I think she tried to make kind of everything a lesson and um that's obviously been really helpful kind of for my studies but then I think just in life wanting to know more about things and being being curious has been really a big part and yeah and I think I professionally there's a couple of names recently so I think Ian Ian Maynard my supervisor for my training um for sports psychology has been really helpful and he went and worked in the Barcelona Olympics and um has done some other stuff with kind of some big names in, in big teams and done a lot in rugby and golf. Um, so he's got kind of this huge wealth of knowledge that's been really helpful. And kind of more recently, Kate Hayes, who's um, the England women's psych. So we meet kind of once a month in like a big community of practice with all the sort of WSL and championship psychologists and kind of share best practice. And I think some of her work's been really interesting to hear about. And um, yeah, and I've tried to kind of, learn from those sort of interactions as much as I can um so yeah I guess like a, a few a few people but um I'm sure that will kind of develop and change as life goes on definitely definitely and uh we're talking about food <clears throat> just a minute ago Jack um what's your favorite you know food to eat or a cook are you a dab hand in the kitchen I can cook yeah I yeah. think going away at uni and not having much of an idea what to do when I was younger and I think slowly over the years you, you kind of start feeling more confident <laughs> into cooking and stuff um I've got really into like the poke bowls recently mm. probably in the last probably not this winter but like before winter um probably start that up again soon when um but really like that it's kind of like a deconstructed sushi type thing but yeah I really like the variety and color and um yeah it seems quite healthy and it's just something new, I guess. So I've, I've really enjoyed that. And I quite like making Thai green curries and I, I really like coriander. So I just put like a mountain of coriander in it full of herbs and yeah, try and do it from scratch. So I had some like lime and all of that and ginger and quite like that in the winter and a bit of spice. All right, Jack. Well, um, let me and Blue know when you fancy us going round <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll enjoy that. <laughs> Well, sounds they. good to me. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, Blue, take it away. Um, what was your favourite subject in school? Now, I know you have a psychology sort of influence now, but was that present in school and did you find that within school? I loved that at A-level, definitely. Um, but I was someone that just couldn't sit still at all, really. So I loved PE and doing all the sports stuff um unfortunately I couldn't take PE for GCSE because it clashed with some of the other subjects that I'd chosen and wanted to kind of do that and I knew I'd still do PE is it's like you have to do it anyway but I couldn't study sports science um but yeah I really enjoyed that probably from you know early years up to um when you're 18 and just yeah all the different sports just loved loved it and everything was like a cup final for me I just had to win every single thing I played in and yeah really enjoyed that and it kind of broke up the day really nicely because I just hated sitting for hours in a, in a classroom 
um, reading, writing and stuff. But I think that's, I've, as I've grown up, that's probably changed a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely more active stuff is my, my gig. Nice one. Um, now, Jack, what is the one item you can't live without, my friend? I'm going to have to say coffee because I get ripped for this so much because, um, yeah, I, I do like a lot of coffee um, and I don't think I would have got through my PhD <laughs> um, without coffee. Um, See, so yeah, I, I don't think I could live without it now. I think I'm, I'm probably addicted to it. Um, could go the odd day without it, but, yeah, I really enjoy it. And um, I think Joe's seen me at two or three before away fixture on an overnight and sort of what, what are you doing <laughs> um so yeah he usually when he introduced me to a new member of staff or players he's this jack he drinks like 10 coffees or something before before lunch um so yeah I, i'm gonna say coffee well and blue i'm doing this again i'm adding another question or part of 10 questions with uh it's, it's pretty much what's your, what's your order jack what's your coffee order just like a black coffee sometimes double espresso um i think in summer i do like an iced latte um something a bit colder um but yeah um usually don't have milk quite like the full you know it needs to have full strength and i want to taste the coffee and um need the full hit yeah blue are you a coffee drinker are you a coffee drinker i am yeah, yeah i am and i've recently i got a coffee machine for my birthday Oof, which is dangerous, dangerous because it's sitting just there and that is very very tempting but if if I drink more than two a day I just get too like I can't sit still <laughs> so Jack I'm, I'm sure you've built up a tolerance of um over your uni years and PhD years where you're now at a tolerance where you can't feel it up until three or four I'm not sure but um I haven't quite got there yet and I'm managing it because otherwise it could get um, dangerous, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I need one to just function like a human. <laughs> <laughs> a few more to look a bit more alert. And uh, yeah, so definitely a bit of tolerance. Um, and I broke my machine. I probably used no. it too much. So I'm yeah, having, like <laughs> cheap instant coffee, which is fine. I'm sort of with the cost of living and things, it's kind of saving some pennies. But yeah, I do miss kind of the nice fancy coffee mm. every day um so yeah i hope you enjoy your gift blue <laughs> yes yes it's been put to use for sure <laughs> um and maybe links up now blue with the next question really yeah. maybe yeah yeah i think it probably does um if you could have a superpower what would it be and i'm gonna take out teleportation teleportation's yeah. too overpowered so that cannot be chosen <laughs> okay. That would have been handy, like yeah. to go to Cardiff and it's yeah, 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 I could, yeah, definitely for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, um, selective memory. So, like being able Ooh. to choose what you hold on to and remember and forget. Because there's things like when I was a kid that I don't remember anymore, but probably were really cool things to remember. And then things that you don't want to remember <laughs> that happen that would be quite helpful to forget that you you struggle to kind of let go of or keep reappearing um so yeah i think having the ability to kind of filter out your memories and choose what you do and don't want would be quite cool um and yeah it might kind of shape your experiences in life in a more positive way so yeah oh that is that is that's up there one of the best answers that's my favorite one so far actually yeah i wish i'd said that i think (laughs) that's a very good one very good one. Well done, Jack. Well done, Jack. That's why you're a doctor. That's why you're a doctor. And also a lot of your, your hard work and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, now, Jack, maybe that, that that's going to be one thing that will annoy you eventually, me just saying doctor, 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 doctor. But um, what is the one small thing that annoys you? Um, I wanted to hear ref decisions and saying that, but then they're not always small things. So, um, <laughs> I was a bit, oh, I don't know if I can have that one. Um I like technology can really annoy me. I think that really kind of pushes my buttons quite quickly. Um, and I find it very difficult to tolerate when things just freeze or don't want to turn on properly. Or like recently, I've got one of those Apple watches and um, 
Siri keeps talking to me at random moments that really <laughs> annoy me. So I'm not wearing it now in case it's like suddenly wants to say something. So things like that, that just kind of irritate me that probably, yeah, grind my gears a little bit more than they should. And I have to, yeah, do a few breathing exercises to just be like, okay, it's just being slow today. Come on. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's probably the main thing, things just to, that should work. And you, you know, they're usually quite an investment and yeah, for some reason they freeze or whatever. Yeah. You try and turn it on and off again. That is the yeah. go-to, of course. <laughs> That's the go-to. That is the go-to. Um, but yeah, Blue, up next. I'm going to add on to that, actually, because okay. there's one thing which is really annoying me at the minute with my phone. My phone's really old, and I refuse to update it because it still works. It does what I need it to do. There's no point in me having five cameras on it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> However, the storage is full. <laughs> Oh. The storage is so full. So I've, I've done the iCloud thing, whatever. I don't fully understand it, to be honest. I'm not great on tech. But, oh, I just, I just every sort of week, I then have to go back and delete all my photos. And I don't know why I just sort it, I don't sort it out properly or upgrade my storage or whatever, but I don't. And it's my own fault, but it causes so much annoyance when I get a <laughs> notification every time I go on WhatsApp saying, storage too full, storage too full. So yeah, that's that's mine. Um, but that is caused by me because I refuse to sort out my storage. So you know, it's not really Apple's fault at that point. <laughs> but we'll move on. Um, favorite holiday destination. So um, it could be something that you visit somewhere you visited or somewhere you'd like to go. Your choice. Where I've visited, um, it's a place called Hortan. Uh, it's probably pronounced differently in French, but it's like this small little town on the outskirts of Bordeaux on the sort of southwest coast of France. And I used to go there a lot as a kid growing up, um, camping like with my, my parents and we had family friends that were like similar ages to us. So we'd go with them and kind of get to camping pictures and it'd be right on a lake, but there's also a beach there. So you can kind of choose where you go and you can do a lot of water activities and do a lot of like windsurfing, bodyboarding that sort of thing and then we'd have like barbecues in the evening and so I've got like a lot of happy memories from there and I haven't been back since I was a kid but I'd really like to see how it's changed and yeah you can have a lot of like good food there and things like that but um yeah um yeah quite enjoy it, it was quite a trek though we used to drive down get the Euro tunnel um or the the ferry and I think it's like 14 hours so it often stop halfway and uh yeah, it would always be a mission trying to pack the, the car because you've got like a tent and a gazebo and like all your sleeping bags and barbecue and all these things that you need for camping. And it's sort of like it was a big kind of Tetris game trying to get everything in and back in when you come back home. Um, but yeah, I used to do that every summer. And um, yeah, I think that's probably like my favourite place that I've been, yeah. I get told so many by so many people about France, like southern France or south of France and stuff. I always get told it's really good. I just, I've only ever been to Paris, like the go-to, you know. But maybe I need to explore my horizons more in France. Like, is the weather nice in France? That's a random question from me here, but is it? Good? It's like it really depends where you go. So, like the north is very English, I think, mm. like Normandy and kind of up sort of north of Paris, and then if you. The sort of the more south you get, the more kind of Mediterranean it kind of gets. And when yeah. you travel down, I remember as a kid waking up and it looking a bit like more sort of dusty and deserty with more like tropical kind of like palm trees and stuff. So like, and obviously you've got skiing there in the mountains. Um, so it's kind of got everything, which I think the UK probably doesn't really have in terms of variety of climate and yeah, things that you can do. Um, so yeah, it's got a lot to offer. I think my family like the wine. So <laughs> <laughs> they're quite happy being in Bordeaux and in the south part of France but yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay nice one I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go because I've, I've, I've traveled but France is always just I don't know it's been there because it's so close you just don't really think about it but I've got so many people who go there for like a week or they've got uh, maybe a, a place somewhere in France so I'm gonna give it a go Jack thank you yeah, very much it. for that we'll do um now Jack early birds or a night owl my friend I think I'm more a night owl now. I think I worked in restaurants quite a lot um, since I was 16 on the side of like studies. So that requires kind of late finishes, sometimes, I don't know, one or two in the morning. So I'd 
often have to then eat and shower and stuff quite late. And then, um, yeah, I think kind of being at Ipswich and we train, we used to train quite late. I'm sure remembers when we used to finish really late. And um, so, yeah, I, I've got very used to kind of being quite active and alert at night. And obviously I've said about my coffee habits and, yeah, trying to function quite early is quite difficult without a, a coffee, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Definitely. Um, Blue, over to you then before we get into the final question, which is going to get deep, Jack, but um, I'm, I'm sure you can take it. Um, so, penultimate question. Uh, what skill would you most like to master? I've never skied, so I'd quite Ooh, like to learn yeah. how to ski. Yeah. Um, I've been, um, I think it's Bob, not bobsleigh, like uh, on a sled or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Italy, um, I think about two years ago, just before the pandemic. Um, and that was fun. And I was like, oh, this is a bit of me. I could do this. Um, but yeah, i never done it. I know some of the girls, like Lucy O'Brien's really into skiing. And um, yeah, it'd be something I'd like to like to try out. I've only ever heard good things other than kind of injury risk that's associated with it. <laughs> but other than that, I've heard it's a lot of fun. So quite like that. Um, and I'm from like football side of stuff. I think I want to develop my tactical knowledge a bit more. I think it's been really interesting learning quite a lot of that since um, being at the club. So I'd quite like to develop that and see how it can then influence kind of psychology and sort of our thoughts, feelings, behaviours, and um, or if it to the extent to which it does, and it would help me develop my my learning as well for the game. So um, I've really enjoyed that and quite would yeah like to kind of work on that a bit more. I think. Great. One question, Jack. What has been the one thing you've had to overcome in life, my friend? Like the hardest thing. Um, I think the PhD has been really difficult. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there. But I, I've ran two marathons um, as well. I think they were really tough. Like, I don't think, yeah, much comes close to that, that I've experienced. I think especially the first one because you didn't I've not done it before so you, you kind of go can I do this and when you train I didn't train 26 point whatever miles it is um I only trained up to about 19 miles so I wasn't even sure if I could do it um and yeah you kind of get probably into like mile 15 or 16 and you're like this is just horrible now <laughs> this just everything hurts <laughs> you're, you're like bodies chafing all over the place and um there's people overtaking you who are wearing all sorts of like fancy dress. I had a woman in heels overtake me and I'm just thinking, God, I'm terrible. And they're, they're doing so well and I'm struggling here. And yeah, it's, it's just not fun. Like, I, yeah, I don't know why people, so many people do it for fun and uh, even further distances like ultra marathons and those Ironmans and stuff. I just think those people are just on a different level. Um, but yeah, it definitely helped me to kind of, think about like my mindset and think about like you learn a lot more about your body as well so I think you you learn to listen to your body a lot better and what what it's telling you and how to push through sort of the pain and unhelpful thoughts because you've got a lot of thinking time for hours of and usually your body's going stop give up <laughs> it's enough now and you have to kind of channel that so I think yeah that's probably been the hardest thing um but then once you've you've gone through that um like with many other challenges it kind of makes you feel stronger that you can cope with other things that come your way so I think for a while after that I was like oh, I can do anything I've done a marathon yeah. <laughs> um, yeah nice I love that love that um Blue any other questions for Jack before we we wrap up the 10 questions feature I don't think so I think there's some good answers in there yeah solid solid up there if we had a leaderboard Jack you'd be up there with the, with the best answers <laughs> right there we'll, we'll do that maybe next Thank season you. we'll do that we'll do that not just saying that because you're here but that's a good answer there. <laughs> good answers um anyway um before we actually look into Gillingham I want to quickly ask you Blue for a favor on a podcast oh. um the I'm putting you on the spot here I should have actually mm. spoke about this before the podcast when we're recording but I'm just I'm doing it now um the host of the main podcast, Kings of Anglia, Mark Heath, is um, probably right now he's having surgery on his ACL. 
Um, so any advice for him if he is listening? I could clip this up for him, but any advice for him as he recovers from it? You know what? I saw that on Twitter this morning. I was like, oh, another one. Um, <laughs> my advice, God, I don't want this podcast to turn into an hour, uh, a further hour long. Um, my advice would be to focus on the short term and not think about uh, or try not to think about the months ahead. It's a long process. And to be honest, um, I think the, the sooner you get into your head that this is going to be really hard, um, the better, because then you're, you're not shocked by the physical pain and probably mental pain as well. So it's it's really difficult. And it took someone saying to me, look, this is going to be really hard you don't realise how hard this is going to be um, for me to really sort of realise and get my head around it before the surgery. So obviously I wish him the best of luck in the surgery. Um, he's probably going to be in quite a bit of pain when the, the pain medication wears off. Um, so yeah, rest. Um, you know what your body uh, needs and feels best. But my, my advice would be to break down um, and stay on top of those exercises especially in early stages. Um, and if you can break it down, it becomes a lot easier task if you take it week by week. So yeah, best wishes, Mark. And um, yeah, best wishes on the recovery. It's a, it's a long road, but um, it can become very rewarding once you get towards the end and you see those progress uh, when looking back um, at where you were and hopefully you get back to having an even better knee than before. Indeed, yes. Speedy recovery. Um, Speedy Heathy, recovery. And um, you'll be back on the, the podcast scene and uh, maybe a fireside pitch, you know, in, in a year or so. But yeah, yeah. speedy recovery, my friend. Um, thanks for that, Blue. Just thought I'd bring that in there for the podcast. Um, well, let's look ahead then to Gillingham um, this weekend. Back on the road. They're sixth in the table. Um, they beat us earlier in the season 2-1 back in August. Um, they've had a mixed bag of results-wise in the last few weeks, months. and Don't score many goals, but don't see many. Um, Jack, how are you feeling going into this one? Another away trip on the on the, the cards? I think super positive. Like We've got, I guess, a point to prove from when we played them last season. I think they got a point from us, uh, or two points we dropped um, against them, um, which was quite a pivotal moment in under the lights. And then, obviously, the start of this season... Um, yeah, them coming. I think we, they came back from behind to beat us. We may have got that wrong, but um, yeah. So we definitely got a point to prove. I think against them, and um, we've obviously hit some really good form in in recent weeks and months. Um, so I'm feeling really positive that the girls will, you know, w- um, work really hard um, to kind of set us up in the best opportunity possible to to get the win and. Um, I'm sure they've, they've started that process already this week on Tuesday, and um, yeah, very much looking forward to forward to it. Definitely, yeah. Blue thoughts on Gillingham. Then a team once again, they could be a bogey side in some sort of way because of the the win in August and that draw that thankfully I wasn't at. Um, unfortunately, you were at Blue that that goalless draw under lights. But uh, yeah, a team that we we need some revenge against. For sure, they are they are a really tough team. Um, quite a physical side and don't normally play pretty football but in effect it is very effective um, as you've seen with our results in the past so I think all the girls are aware that this is a really tough game Um, so we'll be prepared Um, I think yesterday and Tuesday was a good session Um, so yeah looking forward to it and it's an opportunity to like you said, get revenge and prove that actually um, we're in a really good place and we're in the final few games and we are yeah, focused on getting those three points each week. Yeah, I'm just um, just double-checking the ground just so we've got it right. Um, and that's <laughs> gave me the confirmation. So I'll be sending people to a different ground. Um, I think it's Bouville Stadium. Probably completely butchered that. Um, that sounds just right. It does say... Kent, Chatham, Chatham Town, I think it is the, the ground. So um yeah, two thirty kickoff, Jack. Mm. Two thirty. Okay. Um is that much difference 
for maybe the players to get used to it? It's like half an hour difference. Probably, I don't know, Blue, is that, would that affect players, you know, that half an hour difference? You know, we'll get there a bit maybe half an hour later, but what's that like? Either, either one of you, I don't mind. Um, I think, well, I don't think it necessarily throws the players too much. Probably an extra 30 minutes in bed that's probably helpful. <laughs> um, and a sort of a later pickup from Ipswich at Playford. Um, I think from staff, like for me, I get so confused with the, the timings for the warm-up and when we need to be in the dressing room and like when they need to go out on the pitch. And I think that f- has thrown like Nicola and Joe and other staff um, as well in the past a little bit, especially when we had like the FA Cup kickoffs. And I know it seems silly, it's just like 30 minutes, but then we're trying to like do maths and stuff and like, yeah, it's just not what you want to be doing when you're trying to um, yeah, focus on the game prep, I guess. But yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's the only thing that really probably changes. Okay. And um, just looked, um, yeah, so Chapman Town is the stadium. It's 5,000 capacity, capacity. Can't even say that word, Blue. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got 500 people, 5,000 people. It can thing me, 500 seated. Um, but yeah, Blue, it looks like a not bad little setup. Chapman Town. Um, yeah. Does the pitch look all right? Um, was it 3G? See. Did someone say it's 4G or 3G? Can't remember. It looks 3G. It does look okay. 3G. So, nice even surface. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty nice. It's definitely different to last season. We, we didn't play there mm. last season. Yes, I remember last season. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was under lights as well, weren't it? Mm-hmm. At their place as well. That was, that was a win. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. But yeah. If you if you if you're free this weekend as always, Blue, let's uh, plug it as much as we can. What can they expect um, for any visiting fans? Anybody want to go? Of course, um, the supporters group will have a mini coach, mini bus. Um, so if you want to go, contact them at ITFC WOSC, the supporters group on all the socials and on email. Um, but yeah, Blue, any any little plugs for yourself to get people ready and geared for this game? Yeah, I think we've got four games left and the title's so open. Um, four very, very important games. Um, but the other three remain the three remaining after Gillingham are only important if we win against Gillingham. So it's it's a it's a crucial point in the season and there's there's pressure and the team are in they haven't been in better form this season. So what a time to come and watch. So if you are free and fancy a little trip to Kent. 2.30 kickoff. Get yourself down there. We've only got four games and then potentially one more if if it goes our way um, to come and see us uh, this season. So, yeah, why not? little day trip. No Mother's Day excuses now. You can forget your mothers. Come and watch us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, of course, there's no men's <laughs> game as well on Saturday. Their game yes, uh, got of postponed because of international call-ups. Um, so... If you want your football fix, Saturday, just chill with your mothers. And then on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday um, go and watch the, the women's team. Um, great plan. Great plan, Ross. Yeah, great plan. Great plan. Um, but there we go. Um, Jack, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. Um, any other business? Any other shout-outs from yourself? Thank you. No, I don't think I've got anything else to add. Just, yeah, really looking forward to the, the week ahead. And um, hopefully we can do the business on Sunday. Yes, bring it on. Well, Blue, um, I think that's that's us done, really. Um, any other business is, is out the window. A good hour chat. Mm. Um, take it away. Yeah, thank you for listening. Big thanks to John Fowler Solicitors again, sponsoring the pod. Um, and we'll catch you next week after Gillingham. <laughs> <laughs>